Hello, and welcome back to Drag Time with Hecklina, everybody. Uh, we have somebody very exciting joining us on the podcast today, an old dear friend who I've not spoken to in a long time, so I'm super, super excited about today. Uh, if, first of all, though, if you like what you hear, please visit dragtimewithhecklina.com for all the ways that you can support us. Um, thanks a bunch for the tips, which help Mark uh, keep the show going. We're on Venmo and Cash App as Drag Time. Now, to introduce my friend, Roddy Bottom is a musician and composer. Uh, most people, the masses, know him as the keyboardist for, I hate this term, alternative, and I hate the term new metal. So I'm just going to say, for the metal band from San Francisco, Faith No More. And Roddy is also the guitarist and uh, co-lead vocalist for Imperial Teen. He has uh, written, directed, and produced an opera, which we're going to ask him about in a minute. Uh, he is... Uh, Working, he's been working in quarantine uh, with his partner under the moniker Man on Man. I'm going to talk to him about that. Anyway, lots to talk about. Please give it up for Roddy Bottom. Hi, honey. Hi, Hecklina. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing really good, considering I'm doing pretty good. Oh, good, good. So, I've I, I can, first of all, I just want to get this out of the way. I have thought for the last couple of years that you're mad at me. That's why I, I. That's why I haven't reached out and talked to you. All right, Are you mad at me? Let's, let's dig into that a little bit. Let's start okay. there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'd love to get get down and dirty into this. Why were you mad at me? I don't know. Well, tell me. You tell me first. You go first. Why was I mad at you? Well, because uh, there was a because you Imperial Teen were playing at Folsom Street Fair, and I was. I told you I was going to go check it out. But then I got stuck at my bar, you know, uh, because it's like the busiest day of the year at, uh, right. you know, right. for, for any bar. And I couldn't get away. And so I felt bad that I didn't go. And then I immediately assumed that you were mad at me. So I just didn't reach out. And then. Oh, isn't that then, horrible when you think that and then you don't like you don't reach out like I, you would assume I would be mad at you. Hecklina, we've been in situations like that so many times where I've played shows and I invite you and I come to San Francisco and you go like. I don't know if I could, you know, it, it, it's a situation like that. Like most times I feel like I come to San Francisco and I, I I'm accustomed to you coming maybe half the times. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> so it was no big whoop. Oh, but but let me put it this way. You weren't missed. What? <laughs> I'm wow. kidding. I'm kidding. But I wow. did know, like I realized, wow. like and I was telling my boyfriend who was there, I was like, oh my God, you got to meet Hecklina. She's so much fun. One of my favorite people in San Francisco. And then like you didn't show up. And I was like, oh, well, you know, you got to understand. I mean, that's mm -hmm. exactly what I said. It's pride. There's no way. She's got her club. Right. She's like, a, my friend is a club owner. Right, right. Yeah. She doesn't have time for this. Doesn't have time I, for yeah, scrappy yeah. rock bands. Well, it was, was kind of yeah. a pain in the ass too. That show was like really ridiculous. Like the generator went out. It was oh. such a nightmare. Like L7 played too. It was a really good lineup. Really the lineup fun. was amazing. And didn't yeah. adult, uh, adult yeah. was on the lineup adult too. were super yeah. cool. They were really great. But like right before we played, the generator went out and it was out for like, I don't know, like over an hour. Uh-huh. And people were just oh, standing wow. there kind of waiting. Oh, yeah, that sucks for sure. Yeah, was, I was yeah, I, I was stuck behind the bar because we were short-staffed. So I was bartending all day, and I was like, oh, I can't – I can never break away from there on Folsom Street Fair, but, you no, know, whatever. No, no. Uh, I would anyway. not be mad at you for that. So I was talking to Christine. You know, we, we had her on the podcast, and I was like, 
did Rodney tell you he's mad at me? <laughs> I was just like obsessed with it. And she's like, no. I was like, oh, maybe, maybe it's all in my mind then. God, I didn't realize you were so petty. Well, I know. I, I just it's such a trivial thing. Like the honestly though, like I, I there's so many times I've been to San Francisco, like with Faith No More or with Imperial Teen or with anyone else. Because I, because I know, one like, one time you did get mad at me. Because did I? I, yeah, because I didn't show up. You you told me. And I was like, oh no. Anyway, uh, enough of all that. Maybe enough, the, enough, no, 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 no. I want to talk about it some more. If I do <laughs> put you if I put you on the list and you say you're coming and you don't show up, that would be guaranteed. I, I would my my feathers would be ruffled. Maybe that I think that's what happened. Yeah, but I don't know. Even so, like I I, I certainly don't. I would not hold a grudge with you. And I'm okay. Not a, I'm oh, good. Oh, good. Friends, no, you're, you're in love. Friends, are we friends again? Okay, good. <laughs> now, uh, are you you fled New York City? I was following you on social media. You drove from New York City to L.A. when the shit hit the fan in New York, right? Yeah, it was so crazy here. Like I it kind of like I feel like New York got it the worst, you know. Of all cities, like New York, you know, as congested as it is, mm-hmm. like public transport, everything that we do in New York is like we're on top of each other. Right. So yeah, when the shit started hitting the fan, it got really scary. And all we had really at that time was like Italy to sort of look at and like, right. oh my god, like look what's going on. And then people in New York started getting real fucking cagey too. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, one of my best friends, Jade, do you know J.D. Sampson? Do you ever know that person? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's really super. She was like, uh, she's like, Roddy, she's like, um, Allison, her girlfriend, Allison has a car, so um, we're kind of good. But what are you going to do? What's your emergency strategy? Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. She's like, what's, what's your emergency strategy? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, like in case of what? When, when, when the shit hits the fan? She's like, Yeah. When, when stuff gets really bad and people start looting and people start breaking and food runs out, what are you going to do? And I was like, oh, my God. It felt <laughs> like that. It I felt know, like I, that. I didn't think that. I was sort of like kind of in a bubble. I mean, I was aware mm. of what was going on, but I wasn't really that freaked out about it. But then, I mean, that particular conversation kind of made me freak out. And so Joey and I, my boyfriend, we kind of reserved a car. And my mom has been kind of had been kind of sick at the time, so and my sisters were mad that I wasn't there. You know, they all live in California, mm-hmm. so we were like, "Well, I mean, I guess like if it starts to get bad, we can just take that car and drive to California, help take care of mom, and see what happens." Mm-hmm. So that's what we did. We got the car, and then the Sunday came. We rented it on a Sunday, and we were like, kind of just more bored than anything, and we we're like. Yeah, let's just do it. Let's just drive to California. It was totally like crazy idea. But we left like New York right at the end of March when it was getting really, really crazy. Yeah. And just hit the road. And you still had your house in LA, the same house that I stayed at, right? I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. still there. All right. But we weren't able to stay there. Like my mom was sick. So she's older, of course. So mm-hmm. we got to California and my mom has this amazing house in like Oxnard, which is like right. maybe 50 miles north of uh, Los Angeles. It's like really cute little beach place. It's kind of like a, it's a weird like strawberry orchards and stuff like really weird, but it's like really nice, a dumpy little house, but it's like on the beach. So we knew we could go there. So we were like, let's just go there. Cause we had to quarantine before taking care of my mom and then we'll go help with mom. And then we got to the beach and it was so nice. Like, oh wow! <laughs> I mean, after like traveling across the country where it's like 
pretty much like the road, you know, or like yeah, you yeah. know, zombie land. It was just so scary and stressful and did, fucked did it up. feel like did it feel like the stand, the Stephen King novel? Yeah, I don't remember. I, I do remember that one. That was a really thick one, right? Yes, that was. And that the was thick kind one. of about a plague. It was about a plague. It was, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that one. It was like that for me. It was more like The Road, that Cormac McCarthy book, and then it was a mm-hmm. movie with Vigo, and it was like uh, just kind of zombies, you know. Right. In that book, they start like eating each other because they run out of food. But it was like that. It felt super cagey. Well, they're zombies anyway, kind of. If you drive through Arkansas, yeah, it feels like totally. they're zombies anyway. And, and they're then scary. Add, and then, they're and then scary you, people. And then, and then you add COVID on top of that, and it's kind of like, oof. Yeah. Spooky. But we got there. We got to the sort of the beach place, and we were going to wait two weeks to take care of my mom. And it was like two weeks came up. And we're like, we better make really, really sure we don't have COVID. Let's, let's stay here a little longer. <laughs> Mom is fine. She's fine. So we just like stayed at the beach for like a month. Oh my God. And that's when we got all this like music equipment sent to us and started like a music project. That's what we started doing. Of course, you're releasing, you're, you're making music during quarantine. I love that about you. You're, um, well, you're so creative. But tell me how you guys came up with the whole concept of man on man. Yeah, we kind of just like winged it. We like we were driving across the country and we knew we were going to be in that little beach house for a while. So we had like Joey had his guitar with him and we had like a couple microphones sent to um, the beach house where we were going and we just set up stuff and in that house I had we had a piano, the piano that I kind of grew up playing is in that house. It's just a dumpy little house, but we just like I mean, we couldn't do anything. As right. all of us are in the same situation, you know, we're just like bored and we knew that was going to be the case. So we just started kind of like recording together and we recorded a bunch of songs. And then we made this kind of pervy video for one song, not really thinking a whole lot about it. We were just being kind of fun and just like dancing around in our underwear and fucking around. For daddy. And for, yeah, for, mm-hmm. and it, yeah, it was called daddy. And then we just kind of put it on YouTube and announced it on social media, and well, it went viral, didn't it? The shit hit the fan there too. <laughs> Not really, but I mean, it connected with a lot. <laughs> it connected with people, and people were like, "Oh wow, you know, oh my mm-hmm. god, you guys, you're you're so you're so good with being fat and stuff." <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're like. Did you know that you were going to be uh, uh, icons of body positivity? No, but it feels really good to be there. I really like being applauded for that. And when it comes down to it, like what a cool message to send out, you know, like, cause it's true. Like, I mean, as far as like my world goes and like the gay world of music goes, it's like, it makes sense that a sound like this, I mean, the sound is very rock too, Mm -hmm. you know? And kind of high energy, like kind of dirty and just two kind of like guys, like it's just kind of like, it's, uh, it's something that's missing in that world. And so, so when we put it out and kids responded that way, it was like super flattering. Yeah. It felt good. It's like, oh yeah, that's great. I mean, we have enough of, you know, whatever, like disco clean looking kids playing music, you know, I'm 57 years old and I'm fat. Mm-hmm. I uh, mean, I look amazing. We know of that, course. But, yeah. but still, like it's like you know, it's a little niche that uh, kind of needed to be filled. 
Well, good for you. I mean, that's yeah. great. So then these people in New York, a uh, label called Polyvinyl, uh, heard what we were doing and saw what we were doing and just kind of reached out to us. And it worked really well. Uh, we just kind of had a back and forth for a while. And they are going to put out a record by Man on Man. It's coming out in May, the first week of May. And kind of put us on this crazy trajectory of like, uh, finish the record, mix it well, and make more videos. So we've been really, really busy at uh, doing just that. The fun thing is we have so much time because we can't really still, we're still like in Los Angeles, we're kind of holed up in our apartments. But we've been really good at applying um, ourselves and making videos. So since the daddy video, we made another video in uh, Oxnard, which is called uh, Baby, You're My Everything. And then we made uh, another one um, that came out last month called uh, 1983 that kind of is about outdoor cruising. And it takes place in uh, a park in Brooklyn, a well-known cruising site in Brooklyn that's called the Vale of Cashmere, where people have traditionally and historically like gone to hook up, to hook up men. And uh, we released that last month, and we just came out with another video this week that's um, called Stoner, which is really, really fun. That was kind of our most ambitious one so far. Um, it involves, uh, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but it involves six pounds of honey <laughs> and a really fun live performance. It's really... Uh, really fun. It's called Stoner, and it's worth seeing. And then yesterday, like that's what being on a label does. It just puts you on the sort of conveyor belt of like deadlines. So we've just finished another one yesterday, and this one is called um, It's So Fun to Be Gay. But in conjunction with the band, we started this whole sort of movement of reaching out to people and reaching out to people in our community and people who want to uh, find more tangible ways to connect kind of off social media. So we started uh, something that we call Chosen Family, and we have people all over the world who've signed up for it on our uh, Man on Man Music Instagram. They sort of follow us there, and they sign up for uh, Chosen Family. And if you sign up, you get our first fanzine that we're um, compiling, which is artwork and poetry photographs and prose that we've collected from people all over the world who want to contribute. We're making a fanzine and we're going to send that out with the release of our record. And also we started, um, in the, within the chosen family, a, uh, pen pal program. So people who sign up, we've, um, partnered up people, um, across the world. So they have actual pen pals and people write each other. So we're kind of taking it, as far as we can, as far as like connecting people in the queer community. And that feels really, really good. Wow. I'm really excited about that. I'm going to have to check out Chosen Family myself. Please sign up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'll get a pen pal. And also, I just wanted to say when you buy music nowadays, it's like you hardly ever get anything that you can hold in your hands. So... That's the truth. I mean, that's sort of my generation is like, you know, it's this lost sort of like thing. Yeah. The Man on Man record comes out uh, May 12th on Polyvinyl Records, and it comes out on Beautiful Pink Vinyl 
And if you want to follow us on Instagram, you can join what we're calling our chosen family. Uh, well, uh, tell me about, no, Mark knows nothing about this, but I remember when you were writing this, uh, Sasquatch the Opera, and you were looking for the right singer for the part. Uh, and you, uh, so tell me about Sasquatch. You took it, you took it all over the place. It played in New York. It didn't play in, 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 it played in Edinburgh, didn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh I mean, I kind of like, I lived in Los Angeles after I lived in San Francisco, you know, for a long time where we met. I moved to LA and I was there, you know, for a while. I was there for the 10 years. And then at one point I kind of just had this crazy thing. I just wanted to write an opera. So I kind of just started exploring moving to New York really with that intention, which sounds crazy to say, but that was basically the reason I moved to New York because it felt like, well, opera is made in New York. Mm-hmm. And so I came here and I had this story that I wanted to tell. And it's about Sasquatch, uh, this whole story that I wrote about Sasquatch uh, in the forest. And it's kind of a love story. And there's like, you know, crystal meth lab involved and, you know, guns. And it's really crazy. Uh, kind of a fairy tale. What but, inspired um, you to what, what inspired you to write about Sasquatch? I don't really know. I think it's kind of like the character of Sasquatch, like where I went with it is sort of like, um, I don't know. I've always liked characters like, you know how Frankenstein, like the big monster that's like super scary, but then like has a heart of gold. Yeah. Yeah. That always is so touching to me. Like that. I always talk about like Frankenstein or like, you know, elephant man, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. How we felt watching elephant man and like, Oh my God, your heart goes out to that man so much. Like he's so gruesome and ugly, but Oh, he has a sense of intellect and he's sweet and has a really big heart. And I, I don't know, those characters to me are really speak volume for whatever reason. But I kind of had this idea about Sasquatch just because it was sort of a, I don't know, elusive, crazy forest thing. And then I kind of employed that device of like the big monster with, you know, who's really the heart of him is really is sweet and gentle. And that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. That 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 must be why you, why you bonded so much with me, the um, monster. I'm I'm the monster with the heart of gold too. Kinda. No, okay. No. <laughs> no, no, no. A, a little bit. <laughs> like big and monstrous. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Okay, never mind. Keep going, keep going, keep going. going. So anyway, I wrote this story and then I kind of like met these people in New York. Like New York has been really great for me in that way. Like I've just met so many people who do like crazy weird things and artistic things, you know, kind of like San Francisco was when I first, you know, initially lived there. I was like, there was just such a vibrant scene of people like creating stuff. And I just met a lot of people and just sort of got a thing together and did like a short form version of the opera which took a lot. And then I had an idea. There's this big festival that takes place in Edinburgh called uh, Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Mm-hmm. It's like theater. And it's where like, um, you know, people take like theater stuff and try and pitch it and kind of like share it with the theater world. Like all the theater people on the planet go to this festival to look right. for like projects. So I thought, oh, that will be great. I'll take it there. You take it there. The deal was you take it and you play for a month 
and people come and see it. And then in my head, like we will just get offers from all over the world. I thought we'll just pick and choose. We'll go to Brazil. We'll go to Iceland. We'll go to Norway. You know, wherever we want to go, we'll just we'll just maybe we'll take it to Russia. Well, we'll see. We'll just you know field the offers and like take the production to all these different places. It didn't really go like that, but <laughs> that was the plan. But I got like, it was so ambitious. I all of these people in New York, um, I, I don't know, there were, I guess, 12 of us that went from here. Like we put on the, the opera here in New York for two days, just as a workshop. And then we took it to Edinburgh and performed like 30 shows in 30 days. Oh, wow. And yeah, it was crazy. Just insane workload. Mm-hmm. But I was so ambitious. It was so many people and so much work, like the hardest work I've ever, ever, ever done in that regard, like way harder than band stuff or like, you know, music or movie stuff. It was just like a lot of pressure, but so rewarding too. It was really, really fun. And it went great. But at the end of the day, we didn't really get the, I, I, I thought people would be like, oh my God, it was so amazing. Please mm-hmm. come to, you know, wherever. <laughs> well, Chile. I, I, I thought the offers really, literally, we would just be rolling in and nothing happened. We did get one offer to take it to Canada, but then also, like with opera and that kind of production, it's really, really expensive to do. So, sure. Well, I'm going to segue a little bit because um, now, so how's this for a segue? So, there is a project that you did that took you all around the world, and um, that is that was called Faith No More. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, when I was much younger. Um, you must. Do you ever get tired of talking about faith no more? You know, honestly, I never talk about faith no more. Oh, I mean, when would I ever? In in your mind, when would I ever have the opportunity to talk about faith no more? Well, maybe when the uh, when the reunion tour hit and you guys started doing shows again. Yeah, I mean, then that was like, yeah, six, we, mm-hmm. we haven't toured for a while. So I guess it's sort of like, yeah, I mean, I, I don't get tired of talking about it. It's really interesting to me. It's fascinating mm-hmm. that that band became what it became. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we haven't done it for a while. That was part of the COVID thing. Like we were getting ready for this big tour. Yeah, I was I was excited about it. I was maybe going to go to Europe to see you were playing these huge metal festivals. Yeah, yeah. Don't you hate the term alt metal or new metal or what? You know, I'm really not a metal person. So even mm-hmm. metal without new or alt, I'm offended. <laughs> offended yeah. by. Like when we started that band, we were such like freak out kids. Like the last thing on anyone's mind was like metal. Right. But somehow, like, I guess it's really, I mean, it comes down to, I think, our first guitar player that played with us on most of the records. His name was Jim Martin. He was from Hayward. And he had like really long member. Yeah, I mean, you've seen him like long black hair and those oh, red yeah. glasses, like mm-hmm. that guy. Yeah. He kind of, I mean, I think basically based on his involvement is where we kind of got like the metal tech. And then he was like, he grew up in Hayward with Metallica people, mm-hmm. which at the time, like when we were like playing together, I didn't know what Metallica was. I mean, people knew, but like they were a popular band at the time, but that was so far to out of the realm of what I listened to or what anyone else in the band like got into. Right. We weren't like, we were all like in a punk rock and weird, like sound stuff and indie rock stuff. But then suddenly because like these Metallica guys kind of took an interest just basically based on like kind of Jim who was in the band. Mm -hmm. 
and took us on tour. Like all of a sudden they're like, Hey, do you want to play with us? And we're like, play with Metallica. And we were like, yeah, sure. Yeah. It sounds great. I mean, just cause it sounded crazy. It wasn't like huge, like opportunity or anything because like the crowd hated us and stuff. But I mean, basically it sort of opened us to the, opened it up to this like whole world of like us as a metal band, which was like, wow. But like, even now, like, yeah, like you said, like, um, the, you know, the shows that we were going to do in Europe come summertime are all like metal, metal, uh -huh. metal, 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 metal things. Yeah. 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 So maybe um, we are metal. I mean, in your head, in your head, when you like fade no more, I mean, it is, it's like kind of like a, I would say hard rock, I guess for sure. I think hard rock's a better term, but but the I, when when I've seen when I've seen people talk about Faith No More, uh, like maybe in print, uh, I've I've heard like that, that that you inspired. I mean, some critics said that you've inspired the new metal scene. Like, I, I mean, just that term. I, I don't know, I, and I don't know why. But um, oh no, I absolutely, never, that's the deal. I, like, I I never cared for that term because new metal means to me Limp Biscuit and Corn and right. you know just all that stuff that I not into at all yeah exactly um so like this summer in fact like that was the deal we were waiting to see what we were going to do in america mm -hmm. and um uh, this other band asked us to open for them first i can't remember they have one word in their name i can't remember where they are mm -hmm. but we said no we don't want to do it. they were like kind of medley and then corn mm -hmm. who i've never heard corn mm -hmm. but uh, i was like no, 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 like no fucking way would we absolutely. ever play with corn. But then honestly, like all my freak out kid friends here in New York, like spazzy kids who are into like weird music, who are all like, you know, really young, mm -hmm. they love corn. Corn is adored. It's retro now because, you know, it's kind of like we built this city by Starship. It's horrible, but you listen to it. Uh, because it's retro and it's like, I, maybe they love it in an ironic way, but it's dreadful music. I don't think they do love it in an ironic way, but do oh. you think corn is as bad as that song? I that don't Jeff, think that Jefferson Starship song. I, I don't think that song is bad. I, think I don't great. either. I like that. <laughs> I, I played it when I DJ'd and wow, I got a lot of shit for it too. I remember yeah, yeah. at the time, but that's, that's the way I, I roll though. I like to provoke people. So then anyway, like I turned around and I was like, all my friends are like, are you fucking kidding? Like I was the holdout. Everyone else in the band was like, hell, hell yeah. We'll open for corn. And I was mm -hmm. like, no, no, I'm not good. Find another key. I mean, I didn't say that, but I was like, find another keyboard player. Mm -hmm. But then I was like, oh, why wouldn't we open for corn? I mean, mm -hmm. it is kind of like if we're looking for a new audience or kids who like that kind of sound, like it makes sense. But yeah, so corn. So anyway, at the end of the day, I was like, oh yeah, I'll, yeah, let's play with corn. That sounds like fun. But the tour didn't happen. You know, no, of none course. of the touring happened. Yeah. Well, uh, can you tell me because you know I was a fan of Faith No More before I ever met you, and um, and 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 I read about you guys on tour and stuff like crazy rock and roll lifestyle and stuff. Can you tell me? What's the craziest memory you have of being on tour back in the day? The most, the most, you know, the most debauchery, the most. Oh my God, kind there's of good debauchery ones because at the point where like we 
did some shows with Metallica. And then we did that one record called The Real Thing that was kind of popular, really popular. And then yeah. kind of everyone got on board. And then like when we were doing the next record, which is called Angel Dust, like the Guns N' Roses and Metallica were going on tour. Uh-huh. And they asked us to open up for that tour. And that was huge, you know. Like at the time, like Guns N' Roses were doing like, the use your illusions. That's when he used the N word and faggots too. You know, do you remember yeah. that? Mm-hmm. It was such a controversial time. And we were like, like, of course we're going to do it. Like it felt like, Oh yeah, that's like, I mean, we'll be playing to zillions and zillions of people and like, yeah, of course. And so we jumped in and we were doing that tour and it was kind of like, like I was saying about Metallica, like, the fans never, I mean, we, we didn't ever really go over very well. I mean, there was a <laughs> small, there was a small pocket of people that were maybe there to see us, but it, it, it never made sense to me. But the debauchery on that tour was insanity. Like they would do like, it was besides the fact that like, I mean, just the structure of it itself, like they were like canceling shows like often because um, like, Guns N' Roses had like this like white witch person that was like friends of Axel that would go and sort of like before the show, like check out the stage and kind of suss it out and make sure everything was cool. And sometimes it wasn't. And she'd like report to Axel. She's like, yeah, I get a bad feeling about this show tonight. And so they'd cancel. Yeah, they'd cancel. And we'd all like fly home for like four days. That was oh one part God. of it. But another part of it too was like um, they had like, uh, I can't remember, there's a term for it, but they had like one whole like setup, like all the amplifiers, all of the stage and everything would go to one city and they would be setting it up while a whole identical setup is in the city before it. So they're playing, but while they're playing this show in like whatever, Chicago, in Atlanta, there's their whole second you know, set up is being set up like days before they get there. Like that's how it worked, you know? Does that make sense? Oh, totally. Mm -hmm. So they would do that. So in that sort of spectrum, like all of the the people, the techs and all the people that work for Guns N' Roses would be like in the city that they're going to play in in two days. So they would like at that point, like being in the city, say they're in Atlanta and the band's going to be there in two days, all the crew people would be out at like strip clubs and stuff, like meeting stripper people and stuff. So by the time the band gets there, like the backstage scenario in which they would have like different themed parties, like every time they like, like, uh, I don't know, like Miami beach or something or like, (laughs) but with like palm trees and like jacuzzis and stuff, but like zillions of strippers, with laminates because uh-huh. they oh would go God. to the, all the crew people would go to like stripper clubs and give like all these like stripper people like laminates. Uh-huh. So it was just like the whole backstage was just like all of these stripper people, oh, which wow. was insane. And it was like, for us, we were just like, I mean, dumbfounded. We were just like, Oh my God, I cannot fucking really like, it was so wild and insane. And we just started, we were just like bored and not really getting the attention that we wanted. So we kind of like, 
I think the deal was we kind of started talking shit about him a little bit in the, in the uh, press, like uh-huh. just for fun, just because we were bored. It was so bratty to do. And we shouldn't have done that, of course. But they read something at one point and got really mad. And they had like our manager come out and stuff. And we had to like, usually we wouldn't even stay and watch the show. But they said, yeah, you guys are going to have to stay tonight. We want to have a talk with you after the show. We're like, oh, oh, okay, okay. And they brought our manager in. It was like we really got in trouble. And they kind of were threatening. We were like, well, listen, we read what you guys were saying about us in the press. We were just like making up stuff and just like not being nice. And they're like uh, kind of threatening to kick us off the tour unless we apologized. Uh-huh. So of course we like apologize and stuff. And we're like, oh yeah. And kind of felt bad about it. I was like, oh God. You know, we're in like a room with like Slash uh-huh. and Axel. And uh-huh. they go, all right, well, it's okay. And then so we talked for like, I don't know, maybe an hour. Our manager was there. We had to apologize and stuff. And then some guy came into the room, like some guy who worked for Guns N' Roses, and he like whispered into Axel's ear. And Axel goes, Oh, you guys want to see something? I'm like, uh yeah, uh-huh. He said, come on. And he's like, we followed him and he took us like, you know, it's a whole maze of all these trailers and stuff. Uh And he just walks up to this like one, like kind of innocuous, weird trailer and just like opens the door. He goes, come on in. And we go in this trailer and there's two women like on like this weird, like kind of like a hospital bed, it felt like. And they're totally naked and they're just like basically fucking. They're like eating each other out like these two women. And there was like maybe like four guys in the trailer with them just kind of watching. And there was no sound at all. The only sound was like one of the guys had a camera, like a video camera or something. He was like videotaping it. And they were just like watching these two women like get it on. Uh-huh. And we all walked in. Axel's like, yeah, come on in, come on in, come on in. We all like get in. We're like, oh my god Axel's like he like points and he's like he was like how about that and we're like oh my god we just started like mike our singer was just like flipping i was like oh my like screaming screaming like pounding on the wall of the trailer like i cannot believe like we were just like oh my god this is so and they're like shut up be cool man come on be cool <laughs> and we're just like no you know we gotta go thanks we gotta get out of here <laughs> you, you have to pretend that it was really interesting we or, didn't even try. We didn't even try. We just like, you know, we, you guys have fun. We got to go. <laughs> but that was like the pinnacle of like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. But that was like totally, that was in that chapter when he was like saying those things. Like the N-word, remember that song? He sang that. Yeah. And sang faggots and the N-word. and Yeah, I remember all that. I was never a big I was never a huge fan of Guns N' Roses. Yeah, I wasn't either. Yeah. Not even ironically. It was just like an ugly, ugly sort of thing. I mean, I remember I, looking yeah. at that record, like the Appetite for Destruction one, and I remember like on the inside there was like this, like a cartoon of a graffitied wall and like a schoolgirl, and it looked like she'd been kind of beat up or something, and like her panties were around her ankles. Mm-hmm. I was I, like, oh. I, I, did, I didn't even get as far as looking at that record. Uh, although, I mean, I did like the one song, Welcome to the Jungle. I thought it was a good rock and roll song. But uh, that's about it for me. For uh, some reason, I like that song, Patience. I don't really, I don't know that. I, I just, I don't know any of their non-hits, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, one thing that you and I uh, bonded about always was music. And um, would you mind if I did a little uh, speed round of 
of uh, saying, do you like this person or do you like that person musically? That sounds fun. Okay. But Heckling, can we just pause for a minute? Are you in Palm Springs right now? I am. And you live there? Yeah, I have a house here. That's fantastic. Yeah. I um, I fled San Francisco when the shit hit the fan in March of last year. And, you know, my club closed down. My All my work evaporated. So if I'm going to be locked down, I'm going to be locked down in my house here. And uh, I gave up my apartment in San Francisco. And, yeah, I'm just... Did you already have the house in Palm Springs before you made that decision? I did. Uh, but I was I was mostly... You know, all my work was still in San Francisco. So I was renting it out on Airbnb all the time. That was the main thing. Um, but when everything, you know, when everything was happening, I canceled all the Airbnbs and I just came down here. And there was a couple months in between where I went to Iceland because Bjork was going to have some shows there and it was gay pride. But then I went to Iceland and everything was canceled there too. Did, o- did Oasis close? It's, it's open, uh, but it's you know it, they can't open at full capacity until until everybody gets vaccinated and all that right shit. of course and and then and I couldn't believe it I, I I got COVID I don't know where I got it so now when did you uh, find that out February seventh is when I found out because they've got to they've got to like you know contact all your sexual partners <laughs> <laughs> I it's not AIDS. It's uh, or I mean, it's oh, sorry. It's it's not syphilis. <laughs> but isn't that a thing that like doesn't everyone wonder? Like, can you get the COVID from sucking cock? Well, actually, sucking cock is um, very safe, and I ordered a glory hole. Oh, good. Uh, the glory hole arrived, and I was trying it out, and it wasn't really. I didn't really like it that much. What do you mean you ordered a glory hole? Well, I went online because, um, well. There was a big thing on our podcast where we had a sex uh, advice uh, section, and there was this woman saying, "Yeah, uh, a woman Juki Sunshine." I'll say, so she was a uh, she was part of our podcast, and she was saying, uh, "BJ's and glory holes are the safest thing that you can do now." Um, of course, you shouldn't go out to a dirty bookstore. You should somehow have a glory hole in your house. <laughs> So uh, I, I I went I went on uh, I went on a website I, I went on a website and I oh, I just googled uh, glory holes and uh, there was a, there was this website this guy builds them and so he built one and he mailed it to me and um, I set it up in my uh, in my living room and it just takes up too much room you know it's like it's like <laughs> it's a whole wall yeah is exactly it? yeah it takes it takes up too much room and. And I, I don't know, just wasn't as into it as I thought I would be, you know. I would think in Palm Springs there would be glory holes somewhere. Oh, I'm sure there are, but, uh, you know, COVID somehow it makes things a little bit less sexy. <laughs> just the whole the whole act of even inviting somebody over to your house is kind of like, eh, I don't know, you know. Yeah, 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 totally. Uh, it, it takes the, it's taken the fun out of a lot of things. That's a shame. I'm sorry about the COVID. You'll yeah. snap right out of you. You'll be fine with it. You'll be great. You'll yeah. get through it fast. I, I have the I have that those peasant genes. You know, I think my my family are stop. They have a very hearty stop. You know, I, I never really get sick. So even with COVID, I feel like I just have sniffles and you know a little bit of a sore. Yeah, I've always said that you have you have really good bones. <laughs> big, I'm a big big boned girl, kind of like Sasquatch. But do you feel do you feel um, ill now, or you feel okay? 
I just feel like I have a head cold, oh. a mild head cold. So the smell and the taste hasn't happened? Like that hasn't? Well, some people might say I never had any taste. Oh, <laughs> uh, but uh, no, I, I can kind of smell. It just feels like I'm mm. stuffed up like with a cold. I, I don't know how else to describe it, but right. um, I'm just, I'm not terribly hungry or anything. And yeah, I'm, I'm fine. On one hand, it's a relief. Like, I wish I would have got it early on. I, I was saying that. I feel like the other shoe has dropped. You know, like, you're waiting for this vaccine or you're waiting for something. And everybody that I know who's had COVID, they're, they're kind of immune to it. Uh, there's, yeah. there's, although there's some argument there, too. But, you know, I was, I, I was reading that people who have had COVID are, for the most part, immune to re and getting reinfected with it. Yeah. So... Um, but I am still, yeah. yeah, but I am still frustrated with the government. I should have been, you know, everybody should have been vaccinated already. Anyway, do you want to do our music speed round? I do. Yeah. Okay. So who do you prefer Roddy Bottom? Lou Reed or Iggy Pop? Lou Reed. Why? I don't know. There's sort of, I like the sort of like word craft about him. Yeah. Yeah. He's a great lyric. Like there's a sexy quality about Iggy and I love his performance stuff, but like Lou to me is more of a, like in your head kind of person. Mm -hmm. And he's such a curmudgeon. Like I love that about Lou. Oh yeah. He was so, such a crab. That's a tough one though. I mean, Iggy, that's, that's an amazing, he's, he's like a miracle. Oh Did yeah. Did you see Lou Reed live? Did I ever see Lou Reed? Yeah. But it, it was never good. I never, I never saw a good Lou Reed show. Did you guys? No, I never saw him live. I've seen Iggy live, of course. Lou Reed is one of those people that, like, he totally does, like, a super crazy loose interpretation of, like, crazy loose interpretations of his songs. You're like, wait, that's Walk that, on the Wild Side? That's heroin? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you're like, no, it's not. It is? Wait, he's saying those words, but, you know, when you just want him to sing the song, like you've heard it, you know? Okay, moving moving forward. Uh, uh, Bauhaus or Susie and the Banshees? Oh, I love Susie. Susie, Susie, of uh, course. Okay. Uh, Bjork or PJ Harvey? Oh, wow. Tricky. I want to say as, you know, Bjork, you know that. I love Bjork. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We were both at that amazing show in San Francisco back in the 90s where she wore that white angel sleeve dress. Oh, yeah, really short. Her forehead was painted white. Um, Throbbing Gristle or Psychic TV? Oh, wow. Throbbing Gristle, of course. They were such pioneers. Absolutely. Uh, And finally, Tom Jones or Shirley Bassey? Oh, wow, that's interesting. I think I like Tom just for the sexy appeal, you know? Oh, he was, he so, was so audacious. So hot, so hot. Yeah. Uh, well, and now it's the most important question of the entire podcast. What's your favorite memory of Hecklina? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Those are fun. You know what's funny is that, I like, uh, I don't know, like a lot of my friends who are like, you know, like famousy friends or friends who are do like what you do or I do even, mm-hmm. we like tend to spend time like, like this. Like we're having a conversation here and we're only having a conversation because it's a job-related thing. We're doing it for your podcast. Mm-hmm. But, like, uh, it's rare when we get those times when neither one of us are working. Mm -hmm. And 
I really cherish those times. And when I got to know you like outside of the clubs and outside of like whatever, like backstagey sort of scenarios, it really says a lot. I think, remember when you came to New York, was it at Christmas time you came to New it York? Was, is that right? It was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You came to New York. I remember like, I mean, this was, we'd known each other for, for a long time at that point, but this is just an example of like, Spending time together when neither one of us are working and there's no agenda. Yeah. Which was kind of special. But I remember I'm in this room right now. I remember you were sitting right there on the edge of the sofa. Mm-hmm. And it was just a really pleasant, it was Christmas time and it was really family. And at that point I'd made a pointed decision. I wasn't going to go to Los Angeles and hang out with my family. This is my family here. And all these people were here. And I remember like Kimbra was here and, and you, Lady and Bunny, like, remember Lady Bunny was there? <laughs> <laughs> and Lady Bunny came. Lady Bunny came to my apartment. And she's like, she brought me a gift. <laughs> you know, it was uh, like I was like, oh my god! I was like in like this kind of janky bag. I was like, oh my god! Thank you so much. Uh, I opened it. Up, it was like a Lady Bunny T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you are so sweet. <laughs> but anyway, like just I think having like hanging out with you and like in that realm of like just like and there was something about like Christmas. It was just a very yeah. special. It was a it was a really nice time. It was nice. And I, I remember that one night I took you to that horrible movie and you got mad at me. Um, that Remember we saw that awful movie Krampus? Yeah, I didn't get mad. Again, you're calling me mad. I didn't get mad. Remember we went to the theater and like, remember they made an announcement like, sorry, we're not going to show the movie. They started playing the like, wrong what? one. They started playing the oh, wrong yeah, 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 yeah. They played the wrong we're like, movie. We're like, we're like what? And we like made a real pointed decision. We're going to see fucking Krampus tonight. And, and we went to another movie theater like far away and we watched it. And it was a piece of shit, but whatever. Uh, yeah. It was pretty shitty. It was shitty. Well, I, I think that's the end of our podcast. Um, oh, my God. I feel like I talked way too long about Guns N' Roses. Oh, it was fine. Yeah, people love that stuff. I know. People do like that stuff. It's just like it was such a horrible, distasteful time in American history. But whatever. Oh, it is what it is. It, it was fun uh, back then. Things were fun back then. <laughs> it kind of were. Yeah. I was not in a good place. But, it, I mean, it was definitely had its moments. Well, I didn't go there. I, I, I didn't want to go there about the drugs, any drug stuff, because, you know. Right, right, right. That's a dark path to go down. Let's do it again and talk just about drugs. I love drug tests. I love getting into it. I was with someone yesterday. I was like, oh, my God. They were like, he was like, yeah, we were painting this wall, and we were all just like high on heroin. I was like, oh, my God. I didn't know your drug of choice was heroin. Like, this is a sober person. He's like, yeah. I was like, oh, my. I was just fascinated. Was that your drug of choice? Yeah, heroin. Mm. I I never tried heroin. I feel like I did everything but heroin. Oh my god! You should totally try it. It's so fun. Well, actually, I'm so tempted because life is so boring in this quarantine. I'm tempted. You know that's that's a fucked up thing. Like so many people are going off the rails. Oh, I know. But if if I could go into a cryogenic chamber and be put to sleep until. The world reopens. I, I would. I, I might do it. And heroin seems like you know. Maybe I'll take your advice, Roddy, and do heroin. Yeah. Until give it a go. That seems about that's that's about as good as advice. I, I remember I was talking to Kendra Fowler once, and she's so crazy. And I was like, "Yeah, I'm thinking of quitting smoking." And she was like, "Don't do that." 
uh, she, she, she's like, she's like, I'm very pro tobacco. Please don't quit smoking. You know, so I was like, <laughs> I love people putting it down the line like that. Like, why would you quit smoking? Why would you quit smoking? Like the whole rest of the world is like, you know what I mean? That's why I love her. Yeah, she's great. She's like, don't do that. That's you're crazy. No. Anyway, <laughs> thank you, Roddy Bottom, for coming. Hey, on thank Crack. you so much. It was so much fun to up. talk. I know. Do you want to let our listeners know where to find you? Keep up with your work. Oh yeah, completely. I do. My personal uh, Instagram is Roddy Bottom on Instagram, but uh, the band project uh, is called Man on Man Music, and we're on Instagram. And if you go there and go to our profile, whatever, you can. Uh, Follow the link and join our chosen family. And if you join the chosen the chosen family, you can uh, become part of the pen pal program, or opt out of that and just sign up for chosen family. And if you do, you get our first fanzine that we're sending out to all our friends in the community. I love that. Okay. Well, uh, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Heclina. Uh, if you love us, please show it, subscribe to the show, like us, rate us. And please tell anybody you can about Drag Time with Heclina. Once again, thank you, Roddy Bottom, for coming on. Thanks, Heclina. Thanks, Mark. That was really fun. It's yeah, fun it to talk fun. to you guys. Yeah, that was fun. Thank you. Thank you.